Bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and food and beverage magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. I raised my glass to the summer. Right, I don't know what you're doing. We were, we were watching you do so. What, is your, what do you have a glass in your hand for? What's happening right now? What am I, I missing? Let me ask you a question first. Yeah. You have like an aura around you. Like, did you, did you put Vaseline on the, on the camera lens like they didn't used to do in Moonlighting? The Ooh, TV show? Yeah, to- you... You look like a super cover girl right now. Like, I don't know what's going on, but it's like, ooh, excuse me. You know what? Today is one of the most extraordinary days in our broadcast history. First, we talked to Chef David Burke, and now we have one of my all-time favorite people. Farmer Lee Jones is joining us, and this box right here is, we're going we're gonna to toast to Mother Earth. We're going to toast to the farmers who are on the very front lines of feeding us all over the country. The summer season is one of the most delicious. I'm wearing my fresh corn apron. I have no idea what's in this box. I have no idea what Farmer Lee Jones has sent us, except to say that I know it will be stunning. Like So what, So wait a minute. We're, we're, we're doing an unboxing today? We're doing an unboxing. So you know those videos that are so popular of little kids opening up the surprise eggs? Mm-hmm. You couldn't send me a box of diamonds and have me be more excited than what I'm going to be excited about opening today. Vegetables from the chef's garden. They have a home delivery. Like it's a whole beautiful thing that they're doing. You don't have to go anywhere. You can have the most beautiful vegetables in the world sent to you from my good friend, Lee Jones, who, by the way, we share the same birthday. That's and- right. And we actually did a birthday show with you and now is yes. his let me ask you a question on his birth certificate is it farmer lee jones is that what he is because whenever we were, that. We i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to he may have a pitchfork he's a farmer i don't, I don't do you see what i'm drinking yes you're drinking uh let me guess you ready celsius yes. in a wine glass well i'm drinking the celsius sparkling guava and kiwi in a champagne glass because this is one of my new favorite things. I've just discovered Celsius. It's an energy drink, and it is this is a delicious version. It looks like you're drinking a Bellini, like you're at Harry's. And none of us are getting to Venice this year. And not only is this a great energy drink, but it's got this fantastic metabolism-boosting thing that helps me burn a little bit of fat. God knows I need to do that. No, this no. Is, oh, my God. Now, Cipriani's, it's a Cipriani's Bellini. Is that what you're pretending you're having in your hand right now? I am I am mimicking the uh, Harry Cipriani Venice Bellini with <laughs> the, uh, Prosecco and the uh, fresh peach nectar. But I'll tell you, this time of year, a little bit of fresh peach, and this, it goes a very long way. I do a lot of cooking with peaches this time of year. And, of course, we're celebrating summer. Summer is the most delicious time of year. The stone fruits are abundant. They're ripe and they're beautiful. They're in season. 
And most people don't know this, but peaches are my all-time favorite go with with vegetables. I don't think a peach is. Oh, ever we we. I think you've told us that before. Well, it, it, they're sensational. So and, so let's bring on. Can we bring on Farmer yeah, Lee? Yeah. Farmer now let me before we bring him on. Let me ask you a question. If he was yeah. in the if he was like in the art business, would he be called Framer Lee Jones? But I'm going. I you know what? He'd be called. He'd be called Picasso. He'd he's pretty called, cool. I'm not going to lie. He's a pretty cool dude. It kind of makes me feel like less of a man when he's around. You know what I mean? Usually I'm like the guy. But when he's around, he's just got that cool bow tie. And he's ready to be cool. And I'm just like a little bit more quiet. You know what? I, I don't want to embarrass my friend, Farmer Lee Jones. But you know why he's so cool? Because he has a very intimate relationship with Mother Earth. And he makes Mother Earth very happy. And you know the old saying, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. This is the man who makes mama happy. Wow. That, I mean, that's the greatest. Lee, can you beat that? Can you no. beat that? No. I'm just a dirt farmer. He's just a dirt farmer. He's well, blushing, and I didn't mean to make my friend blush, but hey, Lee, how are you? Doing great. Doing great. We're in the middle of a heat wave here. Of course, we uh, picked yesterday was... Uh, 98 degrees and we had to bale hay yesterday and of oh, course God. we made two rounds and the hay baler broke down and you know then we we just pulled the last bale out before we got a rain so today was a cakewalk compared to yesterday hey um let's zoom in and show everybody what farmer lee jones is wearing what he's wearing yeah Woo! look at that there we go okay he's wearing his overalls he's wearing a bow tie Look at the overalls. I love this. He's wearing a branded shirt, a branded hat, and he just looks he looks fantastic. I put on a new tie for you guys tonight. I like the sheen on that tie. I'm not going to lie. It's yeah. Great. Yes. Yesterday's was sweaty, grimy, got hay stains on it. So I brought busted out a new one just for let's, you, Jennifer. Hey, Lee, let's look at Jennifer's apron. It's got it's I corn. Love it. I know. I saw that. I want one. That's awesome. She, uh, Jennifer, for this big girl, but there we go. You're not. I need big. to send you a pair of overalls. Yeah, oh my god, Jennifer, yeah. you have that checkered shirt you always wear. That'd be so perfect. Right, I should have. Right, I should have done that. Mm -hmm. I think the blue looks great. Thanks. Oh god, uh, all right, that's it. I'm bowing out now. I see what's happening here. It's about to become too totally right, so, so Michael's going to be totally jealous. So, so quite literally, I have a box. Before we open this up, because. You know, this literally is going to be a surprise. I have no idea what's in here. I didn't ask you to send me certain things. This is really a representation of what you actually are doing right now with a brand new program. You know, COVID is making us all reevaluate and, you know, pivot's the wrong word, but we have to adapt. And the Chef's Garden is adapting by making it possible for us to get the same beautiful produce that you historically have sent to the best chefs in the country. Will you talk a little bit about this moment in time and how you had to shift? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, the restaurants closed down and, you know, we really were looking for a way to be able to help provide some value by getting product to people that needed good, safe, healthy food. Um, people were nervous about going to grocery stores and we were able to harvest the product that the same product that we've been shipping to, Michelin star restaurants all over the country. And we made a, a pivot 
and people could get a box delivered right to their home for $89 delivered. And That's amazing. it's just a little bit of goodness from the farm. We really, you know, go through the garden, see what looks the best in any given day and put together a really nice mix. So uh, Lee, uh, people can see this is a box. I have not opened this box yet. So I'm going to, I'm going to start undoing this. And, and this is shipped overnight. It is. And that's included in the, and so all in it's, it's how much to my house? 89 bucks. I mean, and that includes overnight shipping. Right. So let's see what we've got in here. Um, we talk a little bit about how important this moment in time is, is proving to be for your company. Because well, I want to make sure people understand, we've been seeing in the headlines of the news that farmers can't find the help. There are crops out in the field. We're not making the connection between getting what's being grown to the people that that can use it and eat it. And and vegetables are such a long lead time. You had to have planted a bunch of this before COVID hit. So you anticipated this would have been going to a restaurant instead no, of my No, we're kind of past that wave, Jennifer. That there was all of this bounty of product. And when when the distribution system stopped, there was, and there was this massive throwing away. At this point, it was kind of risky. You know, do we go ahead and keep planting? So this is product now that we've planted in anticipation of the fact that we need to continue to eat. Wow. So this is product that, you know, in a really down point, not knowing how things are going to go or where they're going to go, we went ahead on on good faith and planted with the assumption that, people were going to want and have a, a need to and a desire to support small family farms and getting a source of great product. So you have the advantage. You know what you ship to us to do this today. To me, honestly, like on Christmas morning itself, I kind of want to savor the fact that it's here. Like I want to slow down and delay the opening, but everybody else wants to see what's in here. So I'm going to go ahead. And first of all, I'm going to, open this up huh did you send me these buns <laughs> no i don't know where yeah. those came from that box doesn't look familiar this box doesn't look familiar so maybe the surprise is that we don't have vegetables right here it could really be <laughs> <laughs> um I don't know. I looked at. I kept looking at that box, thinking that doesn't look familiar. That doesn't look like one of your boxes. And these, are, <laughs> you know what these are? Keep no. going. We want to see more and more. What else is in the box? I know. <laughs> what else is in there? Well, that was a that was a bit surprising. Yeah. I kept, you know what these are? You kept building them up, building this up, and I'm like, that box just doesn't look familiar. <laughs> what is? So, what? so this is the, this is the perils. This is the potential risk of doing something fun and original, which is risky. And the risk was, well, you should have <laughs> opened the darn box and made sure that what you thought was in it was in it. Wonderful, These are shoreg, and shoreg are a uh, an Armenian baked specialty, and these are from my friend John Boyajian. And so to tie this all together, in the first part of the show today, we talked with Chef David Burke, and he was talking about one of the ways that in his early days uh, in the food business, 
flavored oils were a big thing. And one of the people who was a pioneer in flavored oils was our friend, John Boyajin. And I'll show you what else is in here. Because I was going to say, you don't normally ship your vegetables with um, styrofoam peanuts, but I thought maybe this was this was just <laughs> That's the box you needed for the other show. Listen, you know, I told you earlier, and I'll say it again, Mercury's in retrograde right now. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> I have to go out, and we got to go check the front and see if the vegetables are out there waiting for us. I know. That's what I was thinking. It's probably sitting on the front porch. It's sitting on the stoop right now waiting for me. So we actually pick, picked an order for, for these orders. When people call in, we'll harvest early in the morning. In fact, um, this might be interesting for people, but we've been starting at 4 a.m. And, of course, it's pitch dark at 4 a.m., but yeah. with temperatures reaching 90s, 95, 96, 98 degrees, number one, we want to do everything we can to take care of our team. It's brutal out in that heat, bent over, trying to harvest in 95 degrees, and the sun beating down on you. So we've actually brought in generators. You know how, like, you're driving along the freeway? And you see construction guys working at night with those generators with the lights shining onto the spot and it yep. brightens it up. It almost looks like daylight. We yep. bought one of those at an auction. And so we hook that onto a tractor and one person is driving the tractor with the generator creating light and the guys can see and it's, it's 70 degrees wow. and no sun beating down. And it's, it's way better on the team. The team loves it and way better on the vegetables. So by, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, we're done harvesting and we can take well, it into the, and we have a refrigerated truck box. So, this is the box of John Boyajin's flavored oil. So here's a basil oil and a garlic oil oh, wow. and gorgeous lemon olive oil. And so when the vegetables arrive, <laughs> <laughs> We'll have some very fun things, you know, and John Boyage is going to visit us again to talk about all these goodies. I know he sent some to Michael, too, so that we'll all get to try these. Um, and one of the things that I love to do with these, you know, when you start with a, a fantastic flavored oil, um, and we were going to talk about this once we had the vegetables in front of us, but, but Lee, I'm actually going to, I'm going to do one quick thing. Help me pivot, you know, because when the world throws you a curveball, you have to, you have to pivot with it. And what did you make today? Well, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at the pivot. Don't tell her what I wrote, Lee, but I'm a little bit mortified right now. <laughs> I'm well, a little bit mortified. I have these gorgeous micro herbs. And so let's talk about the fact that everything you ship out to us comes with this kind of label on it that says um, harvested for. Uh, talk a little bit about the Harvested Four program. And as you can see, I still have a little bit of this gorgeous um, heirloom lettuce. So I'm going to get the big bowl out, and we're going to visit with the big lettuce as if it had just arrived. And again, I've had this now a week, and it is still so spectacularly bright and crisp and alive. I'm going to make a beautiful salad with your beautiful butter lettuce. Um, which now let me ask you something, Jennifer. When you – Jennifer, that – Listen, look, why do, Lee, I can't even get a word. I don't know what today has become. <laughs> when I, is that how you do it? That's, I don't know that that's, do you do that in the back of a kitchen? I hope that doesn't go on at a restaurant. I usually take the head of lettuce and then I bash it and then I pull out that hard part and then I chop it up. Is that the wrong way to do it? 
Are you asking me or Lee? I'm going to ask Lee because I just watched how you did it. So I'm assuming Lee would have a better understanding of what I'm doing. I know how to grow it. I'm I'm staying out of this one. That's between you and Jennifer. The answer is, Michael, if you have a head of iceberg lettuce, that is a fantastic way to remove what's called the core. The core of the iceberg lettuce is so robust in its architecture that you would take the entire head of the lettuce and and bang it down on a wood surface. I'm working on uh, a fantastic butcher block um, island top here. But, but what you do is you, you do it, but not every lettuce behaves that way. So for instance, I just had a butter lettuce and this is a very tender lettuce and it's a very young lettuce as it was harvested by Chef's Garden. Taste and it, taste it. Show us what it looks like when you eat it. You're making fun <laughs> of me now. No, Lee wants to watch. Okay, there we go. <laughs> This is delicious. So anyway, I have some of this fantastic. And the other thing that we got is we still have some of these beautifully fresh. And, and then I've had these four or five days now. I'm going to put the microgreens in here too. And you know what I'm going to make with this? I'm going to make just a little bit of a salad with a vinaigrette. While Lee tells us a little bit about what's in season right now, what lettuces we have and, and what else is going on. I'm going to put the remainder of the herbs that I got and the microgreens in this little salad mix. Well, um, you know, the, the beautiful part about it, the beautiful part about it is if you even watch Jennifer empty that box, there's no waste. It's a hundred percent usable. That was a box that I shipped her last week. Yeah. And, and um, they're just, we hear it from chefs all the time because if you think about a traditional distribution system, the time that it comes from wherever it's coming from and then gets to a wholesaler in whatever city it happens to be and then gets sold to the grocery store, you're looking at two weeks old. So right. this stuff is picked today, shipped today, you have it tomorrow. So that two weeks that the traditional distribution system has to work through, the chefs, I mean, going back 35 years, have allowed us to defy that system by going directly from our farm to the back door of the restaurant. We're taking right. that same concept now and passing it along to the home user. So we pick it today, we ship it today, you have it tomorrow. You get that extra two weeks of shelf life. You're, she put, she dumped everything in. She didn't have to go through and pick anything out. Um, I don't tend to like to bash. I know exactly what you're talking about with the iceberg lettuce, but this is just, it's really, you know, about handling the product um, gentle. And we even coach our team to always handle it gentle and treat it with love and care. And I think it really shows up even when the box arrives. Now you mentioned the labels. I mean, one of the most important things for us is food safety. And of course, everybody is aware of a recall system. And it was invented and designed based on the way that the system works today. Every small farm, when you do the testing, if you're doing food testing, you do a swab test and you send it out to a laboratory 72 hours later, they notify you that you have a problem. In the fresh produce business, you're picking and shipping, picking and shipping, picking and shipping. 72 hours later, it's already shipped to someplace. And so you've got to be able to have traceability to know where it is because it's already out in the world someplace. Right. We invested in a PCR machine probably 10 or 12 years ago. What does that mean? It's a machine that does the same thing that those labs do. So before we even go into a field to harvest, we send a lab technician into the field, we do a swab analysis, we come back into our laboratory and we test and we know whether we're, there would be an issue before we even invest money in harvesting it. So rather than have a recall program, 
um, which we do have the recall for traceability, but we want to know if there's a problem and never even take a chance on shipping it out. One of the things people are buying is buying the healthiest, most nutritious, best flavored vegetable they can, but they're also they're also buying uh, the fact that they know that there's somebody conscientious on this end, making sure that it's food safe. You know, our our spinach sales last year, when the spinach issue came out, right. our spinach sales went up. So uh, because they knew they were handled safely right. and, and in a protective kind of way. Lisa, right. what are the things that are in the field right now that are in the boxes that are going to people? And while you talk about that, I'm going to run just outside here and see if there's something sitting on the stoop. Tell us, Michael, where are you? See if there's a long shot. Michael, I'm going to check the other to see if the box is on the stoop. It'll it'll give Michael and I a chance to talk about you. I'm yeah. going to do that anyway. Okay. <laughs> Look at her. She's all nervous. Let's get rid of her. Let's talk. <laughs> so how well, easy it? So when people go to the website, right? I just want to, let's talk about the process. Yeah. Okay. Are you a process guy? Uh, I am not. You have to be. You're a farmer. Of course you are. What are you talking about? You didn't know that. Hey, you know, I, I just, I'm, I'm more like feel. I like to feel it. I like to right. feel the soil between my feet, and, you know. All right, so so consumers, what they go, they can go to chefs-garden.com. Right. Yeah. And do they get to pick the produce they want? They can pick the boxes they want, and there's different options available. Okay. Um, so yep. you can go online, go to chefs-garden.com, then go to home delivery, and then you can pick. There's an immunity boosting box. There's a juicing box. There's best of the season box. Mm. There's different boxes made up. Right now, we're doing. Um, Small Farms Big Hearts program. Thomas Keller is actually doing a recipe. We shipped him uh, some of the product that looks the best right now. And we're doing this with Keith Martin, Elysian Farms, the oh, most amazing fun. lamb in the world. And so Thomas actually did a video and a recipe with our product and Keith's product of summer products for lamb and veg. And then our chef at the Culinary Vegetable Institute, Chef James Simpson, also right. did one, and that video is up online. And uh, they'll give you some recipes on ways to be able to use our veg and his lamb. And then Keith brings the lamb here, and it's frozen. Right. And we put it in a box, separate but together in the box. Sure. And we ship it to them, and they can actually follow that same recipe with the lamb and the veg. He's doing actually a veg and uh, lamb shish kebab right now. Pretty exciting well, stuff. You yeah. know, that is exciting. And I'll tell you something. It's the um, This is going to sound a little, it's a little bit off. There's a machine that I got called the Brava. Have you heard of this Brava machine? No. And it's it's a little expensive, but I like to, you know, I like to, to gleam the cube. I like to live on the edge with expensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's 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 kitchen, like toaster, giant toaster size. You open it up and it works with infrared lights and stuff. And you could put in your vegetables, right? Okay. And one one part of the tray, and then you put the lamb on the other part. And then you hit a button because it tells you it'll tell you what buttons to hit, and it'll cook the vegetables and the lamb at the same time. Hmm. It's, and then everything comes out at once. So look into this Brava thing. I'm going to connect you. This is what we do at Food and Beverage Magazine. Yeah, I don't right like on. the world to know, but it may be a good partnership for you. Love the because, talk to them. Yeah, because they're doing it. They, I mean, I actually cook steak with asparagus all the time. Brussels, right? Brussels sprouts with whatever. You can actually cook eggs, fried eggs. And you use a tray, and then the lower tray you can put in the sausages, and you can, and then you put it on a, um, as well as English muffin, all at the same time. And you make your own, you know, whatever egg McMuffin. 
I mean, it's the coolest thing. Now, some of the some of the processes are a little bit different, but you still have to use your recipes, right? Sure. But but the fact that that people can kick from right out of your box, boom. So it may actually be something that you. It's called the brav rava.com. You can look it up. It's a really neat machine. Well, at the Culinary Vegetable Institute, Jamie Simpson, we're doing. We're always playing with the coolest, sexiest, newest toys. And uh, it's just a place where, you know, we work with a lot of different kitchen companies. Let me show you my coolest, favorite, sexiest new toy. Okay. There she is, right here. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, I got that. That was great. I got him. Was that a good one? That was a good one. I know. Thank I got to tell you, you know why I'm, I thought that was from you? Because it came from here in Ohio. Oh, really? What are the chances that box came from your place? Because it says it's from Ohio. That's amazing. I know. It's funny. So yeah. you know what we're gonna make now? I think the box wasn't there. <laughs> you know what? It just means you're gonna come on one more time when it does. <laughs> I did that on purpose. So um, I'm gonna let you choose, although I think maybe the lemon olive oil. So what I've done is I've literally just taken the butter lettuce that I got from you and the fresh herbs that arrived. And I took a beautiful fresh seasonal peach and I um, diced it up and it's in the bowl waiting for us. So now I'm just going to make a really simple, flavorful vinaigrette. And how, how fortunate that we've got my friend John Boyajin, who I know you've been working with for 20 years. I mean, we've all been part of the food family for a long time. So I've got his lemon oil, and I'm going to make a beautiful, simple lemon vinaigrette. And I'm going to switch it up. And instead of just putting on a plain uh, balsamic vinegar, because you could do it with that, but these are very light flavors, and it's summertime, and the sweetness of the peach needs a little bit of a, of a lift. So I'm going to use lemon and maple vinegar. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a delicious combination. Lee, what's your favorite? Um, do you have a, a chef's garden house dressing that you make with just a simple oil vinegar base? You know, we, we buy a uh, garlic vinaigrette we love and that's just that's our go-to we're running so hard we just uh she buys that six bottles at a time and we you know make our salads up i have a salad almost every night and we use that yeah but uh lots of stuff coming now out of the fields i mean green beans yellow beans we're picking new potatoes and uh, uh new potatoes uh we're picking just starting on sweet corn uh we're about five days away on cantaloupes. We're picking all the different summer squash, carrots and beets and kohlrabi. It's just really kind of hitting full stride right now. We started a roadside stand. We haven't done one in 35 years. We drug one out of the weeds and it uh, was being used for storage. We pulled it out and we've got like within 100 yards of where I'm sitting right now. We've got a roadside stand. We use the old sign that we used back 35 years ago and the local people are just loving it. We've been really busy the first 10 days we're open with all the freshness coming out of the garden. What's not to love? Absolutely. Tomatoes, of course, heirloom tomatoes and the small specialty tomatoes. That's a big bowl. Yeah, but you know what? I love big work bowls, Lee, because it lets the tenderness that you apply to the touch when you are harvesting these vegetables be maintained. If you're trying to jam too many pieces of food into a single pan, you know, if you are trying to jam in this lettuce and ingredients and dress it and toss it 
you want to toss it gently. That's and a really good point. I never thought of that before. I like that. I want to be a. I want them to have lots of room to play and breathe. I don't want them to be like, oh, get the dressing on me, get the dressing on. It's like clothes. We're Spanx, right? <laughs> That's a different thing. Don't put your vegetables in Spanx. You know, put your vegetables in a big roomy bowl. Put your ingredients in a big roomy bowl. Give yourself lots of freedom to move and and cook and dress and 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 uh, play. I mean, that's that's where this this all tastes delicious. And so now, I mean, look at what we've just done. Literally, because we didn't have this planned. I didn't know that the box from from Ohio didn't have my vegetables in it. I fortunately still have some. But now look what I've got here. I have got this gorgeous saddle, and I. And I've got to, because I don't have a proper um, cameraman here, I'm going to just lift this up for you to see. But but I just want you to see, we've got this absolutely gorgeous peach salad. Now, if I were really going to go over the top, I'd get a little extra basil. Jennifer, you're really bad with, with angles. I mean, higher, Jennifer. Higher. What if she... <laughs> Can you step on a stool and bring it, it up? It looks really good. It I haven't works. eaten dinner yet. Look at that. that. Wait, did you already put oil on it? What did you put yeah, on it? Yeah, it's, it's fully dressed with John Boyajin's goodies. Wow, that looks amazing. So so here's what I'm going to tell you, because it's the weekend. It's going to be 116 degrees in Tucson, Arizona this weekend. It's going to wow. be 100 degrees where you are with humidity. This is part of the time of yearly where I say it's too hot to cook, it's too hot to eat. I agree. Now, Jennifer from Tucson Foodie says it's never too hot to eat, and I tend to agree with them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a beautiful baguette or a piece of rustic, really earthy bread, grill it, because you know you're going to be grilling something for somebody this weekend. But even a simple salad like this, instead of just eating it as a salad, put that on top of a grilled piece of lovely bread with just a, a, just a brushing of olive oil. And all of a sudden, the peach on the salad becomes the star of the dish along with the vegetables. So the lettuce and the peach, you don't need steak, fish, or chicken. You don't need a sausage, although they're delicious. And believe me, I always need a sausage, <laughs> especially when it's grilled, especially when it's summertime, especially when it's going to be the showcase, like the diamond earrings on the beautiful vegetables that we'll put on the plate. But in all seriousness, I regularly for dinner will have this mixture of dressed peaches, a little bit of fresh basil, fresh herbs, a light dressing like the one we just made. And that would be the topping on the bread. And, and honestly, that's that's really all you need to have when it is this hot. If you want to go completely over the top, you could fry up an egg or poach an egg and put it on there as well for just that little bit of protein and, and umami. But, but when the peaches are this sweet and tender and perfect, and the lettuce is equally sweet and tender and perfect. The brightness of a lettuce like this really is a perfect foil for the peach. Lee, let's just talk about this butter lettuce for a minute. It has just the tiniest bit of sweetness, but it also has a bit of, I don't know if, if bitter is the right note. What is the flavor characteristic that you use to describe lettuces like these? Well, I mean, I think that you pretty much nailed it. I mean, you do butter lettuce tends to be soft and succulent and sweet. But I think that as you get some summer heat, you get a little bit of that bitterness to it. Um, it can sometimes in the summertime with the heat, you get a stronger, more in your face, um, I think, flavor to the lettuces. But the butter lettuce 
um, it really de- it it it's what's key is picking it at the right stage. And I think if you let the lettuce stay too long on the plant, you can get a little bit too bold in the flavor. Uh, wow, those look great. Looks like some uh, Lala Rosso. Yeah. yeah. I was going to help you. I'm going to hold these up so you can tell us. I have just a little bit of this, um, and I've been eating it. I mean, literally, this is the other thing. I, I had one of these fantastic $89 boxes, and I've been eating it, and I still have some left. I don't know if you can see the color of this, but it's greenish at the base. It's variegated a little bit through here with the most beautiful magenta, and then it and it bursts into these leaves of, I mean, it's a deep, dark, rich, ruby color. What is a lettuce like this called? What is a green like this called? And is it a salad green or is it more of a, is it more of a grilling cooking green? No, it's a salad green. It's Lello Rosso. That's Italian. Lee, um, let's let's tell her. Have you been eating? Oh, let's tell her that's just for packing the other lettuce. That wasn't that's just packing material, and she's yeah. eating it. <laughs> <laughs> now you'll get a little. That's kind of a bold flavor too. You get some good crunch to it, but you've got some got some bitterness there as well. But it's, it's got a ruffled edge to it, which is different than. than I love that texture. Flavor. Yeah, and the flavor of this is almost. I mean, there's a very umami, savory taste to it. Now, can you see what this is? This is the other lettuce that was in there that also has a little bit of the red. It's got right. magenta in the spine. That is just so sexy. Yeah, it, it's such a sexy lettuce. But this I, has. I don't no- like where this is going. This is a family show. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a variety called Cybele, C Y B E L E, and you know we grow about fifteen or eighteen different varieties of the lettuce and. We just like to put a nice blend in when we send the lettuce to uh, to a customer and just give them a nice mix that we think is going to look, really look good, taste good, have good combination of textures and flavors, shapes. What's we eat trendy? with our eyes, obviously. What's super trendy right now, Lee? Super trendy. Vegetables in general. I mean, I think that everybody at this point gets that we're plant-based, plant-forward future. Right. And um, I like the fact that you know you can make an amazing salad that you don't need a fish or a chicken. Now that way you got more money to spend on my lettuce greens. That's what we want, Lee. We want people to buy the <laughs> golden leaf of lettuce. The small family farms. We need you right now more yep. than ever. So. You know, it's re- you know, it's a we lost our way. We lost our connection with producers and end users. And this home delivery and farmers markets, wherever you happen to be, reconnect with them. Make those connections back to where the producer, where you can get the product directly from the producer of that product and reconnect and let them know what's important to you. And I just think that's awesome. Do you have a far- like when you do, can people go to your farm and pick, yeah, or is, just, it, is, it a, is it a market there or can they go into the fields? We just. We're like nine days in to re we opened a farm market back up first time in 35 years. The local folks were asking for this. This yeah. seemed like the right time to be able to do it. There's a demand. People want to know that there's somebody conscientious on this end growing it the right way. I mean, we wear masks. We're wearing gloves at the, um, at the stand and really we've got hand washing facilities there and of course everything's being packed in our packing room where everybody's wearing lab coats hair nets um, gloves masks and this stuff is all very very food safe the greens we're actually packing in bags and we've got them in uh, ice coolers and so we don't even have them out on the stand because we don't want them to wilt we just have a sign wow. and so we've got spinach and asian greens 
um, all kinds of bok choy, lettuces. So if they ask, then we'll just pull it out of an ice cooler and they're in a bag. So nobody's handling them and uh, they can take that home. And it's just so crunchy and crispy. I, I want to say this lettuce hasn't seen their daddy, uh, Farmer Lee Jones, in, in nine or ten days. How and it doing? has never seen a moment of wealth. I'm, okay. I'm so proud. You should be. This is amazing. Stuff. They've gone on and done well. And, and that salad. I want that salad. That looks so good. I know. You, you can't imagine how badly I want to eat this. But I want to I want to talk to you about a couple of things. You've got chefs all over the world who use what you grow, like paint and clay, to create real art. Of all of the salads that chefs have made over the years, a few have to stand out. What are some of your favorite salads that chefs have made over the years? Oh, it's just, you know what? It just becomes like spaghetti over time. Um, I To call out any one particular one. I know, it's like saying who's your favorite kid. I know. Yeah, but, yeah. It's just. What are some of your favorite vegetable cookbooks? I wanted to shout out to Quick Vegetarian Pleasures from Jean Lemlin the winner of the James Beard Prize. This is a fantastic book for ideas about food. And the other cookbook I want to turn you on to is from our friends um, at America's Test Kitchen. Uh, this is the Complete Summer Cookbook. And the first thing they have right up here at the top on the cover of this book, and we're going to talk to the editors from this uh, a little later on in July, but a book like this is recognition that the vegetable and the fruit is the star of almost every meal. And of course, the dessert on the back, a bright citrusy key lime pie, because in the summer, things like your fruits are just such abundant, bright things that it's too hot for anything too heavy. And we've got to stay nice and light. Lee, what are some of your favorite vegetable forward books? You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, Elizabeth Schneider is a, a great friend. Um, she has uh, Uncommon Vegetables, and then she did um, Vegetables from A to Z are two of my favorites, and um, we helped her quite a bit on that book. Um, you know, there's so many right now coming out that are very veg-forward. And Karen Page and Andrew Dornenberg? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you're going to see, I think, more and more veg-forward. We've got one coming out in the spring. It's, uh, it was supposed to be a 550 to 600 page, and the they kept asking us to add more. I think it's like an 800-page book at this point, wow. and 150 recipes, and it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Um, it'll definitely not be something you'll put in your purse and carry with you to the farmers market. It'll be what you use when you get back from the farmers market and look up a recipe on what you're going to do with kohlrabi that you hadn't considered before. So one, of my, one of my favorite contemporary books is the Honey Salt Cookbook by um, Chef Kim Keen-Teamwala and his wife, Elizabeth Blau. It's not really a, a cookbook as much as it's a cookbook slash scrapbook. And it's one of the best vegetable books I, I know of. Um, and anything by Crescent Dragon Wagon. Awesome. Hey, Lee, I want to ask you. So many people are going to hear this and be inspired to maybe venture out to a farmer's market if things are COVID calm where they are. Uh, and if you do either go on your site or get something shipped in, if you're in a place where you're going to be a little more cautious or you're going to go to a farmer's market and be supportive in the local community where you can go out safely. And again, please only go out if it's safe. 
uh, but they wouldn't be having a farmer's market if it wasn't. What are the kinds of things I should look for when picking out good produce at a farmer's market? Because uh, not everything's created equal. What should I be looking for this time of year? And what are some of the things, you know, like with a fish, you smell it to see if it's fresh. What things do I look for to, to pick one lettuce over another? One, and, and here's the other thing. How can I pick a good melon, a good tomato? What are the things that are seasonal, a good corn? Things that you were talking about coming in. How do I pick out a good one when you can't just, you know, see if it's going to be perfect well i think the seeing is really key i think right now the touching and the feeling are something i think that need to be avoided um and that's why we're doing some pre-packaging on ours but i think the first and foremost is how does the environment look at the farmer's market everybody you've got all these farmers set up side by side by side i want to know that that environment in that truck or around the truck is clean? Are they using food safety precautions? I think that there are a lot of indicators that can tell you if they're keeping a clean environment where they're uh, doing their work and where they're selling the product, are they using the gloves? Are they wearing the masks? Are they doing due diligence to food safety and taking care to make sure that they're providing a good clean product? I mean, those are some of the first and foremost things. The other thing is, you know, there's some bait and switch. Um, if it's a farm that's representing themselves as product that they're producing, you're not going to see somebody back behind the stand taking boxes that are obviously not from their farm and repackaging it into a homegrown container. I want to look at those containers. A lot of them are recycling um, out of a, like a black plastic container that they can use over and over again. That's a good indicator. But looking at the end of a like the stalk, um, uh, the husk on the corn. Does it look like it's brown or does it look fresh and green? It's really, it's just, I mean, an eye appeal to looking, does the product look good and clean and bright and fresh? Um, if they're having to trim yellow leaves off in the back, it's probably older product. I mean, I think that if you take any time at all and look, you'll be able to see signs that are saying, this is a farmer that's really doing a good job, he or she, and bringing product directly from their farm and putting it out and displaying it. I think that there's just, there's so many things that you can look for to give you keys to that. And and if you see labels on it, let's say like uh, Dole or Green Giant, that's not. Uh... <laughs> well, and the other thing is seasonal. If you know yeah. the season of your region, I mean, asparagus is over. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure that there's people bringing in Peruvian and Argentina, Ecuador, um, you know, asparagus year round because you can eat something year round. That's a whole nother topic. And we can talk about that. I feel like when something's in season, we should eat it three times a day and celebrate yeah. it just like the peaches. Yeah. You know, why wouldn't you want those three times a day while they're in season when they're out of season, then lust for them for nine more months mm. and let mother nature dictate what you should put on your plate on any given day. Wow, Jennifer, do you hear this? He wants you to lust for your peaches when you can't have them. I just had to have a bite of one. There's How so was it? So I like this advice because I'll tell you something. I go to these farmer's markets all over, right? And I always walk up and I look at the produce and the vegetables. And I'm always like, why are they coming out of that box in the back? Right? Yeah. Like, that. I could go to Cisco and get that box. Yeah. So, And maybe I'm a skeptic. Call me a skeptic, Lee. <laughs> but but I, I'm like, hmm. I say to myself. 
why would those apples be coming out of that box, right? Or right. the onions? It's like, it doesn't make sense if this is their farm. Right. Um, you know, even with tomatoes, like some, you know, you see the beefsteak tomatoes, you know whether they're coming from somebody's farm. If maybe. they're all perfect. I mean, look at when we pick tomatoes, they're not all perfect. They're just like people. They're yeah. all a little bit different and they might have a star on them from rubbing on. If they're, do, if they're doing wholesale, all of those that are just slightly off get graded out and they get thrown away or they go into a number two pile. And the, every one of those tomatoes is perfect. Now, Where, we never want to put Jennifer in the number two pile, right? Never. She would okay. never go in the number two pile. <laughs> She's the premium grade. Um, but, hey, you know, guys, I want to ask you a question on this topic. Um, when it comes to these uh, these choices that we're making in in the markets, and and you want to be looking for these kinds of things, um, and and we're making these um, these seasonal choices. Where can we go, Lee, on your website, and where can we go to know? Because is what's in season. In Arizona and California, the same thing that's in season in Ohio. Do the same seasons are they the same all over the country, or is peach season peach season coast to coast? Um, I think that they overlap, but I think that you know you guys are ahead of us because you're warmer. So they over there's some overlap. Like our peaches in our area have not started yet. Um, the the peaches that are in our area right now are coming out of uh, South Carolina. And there's really, they have a great reputation and we have a peach truck that, not we personally, but there's a peach truck that comes up and has a meeting point and people can get those. But uh, the South Carolina peaches have a great reputation in our area, but I think there's some overlap. But South, if you think about further South or further West, they're going to be ahead of our seasons in the Midwest. So it, it allows you to extend that season a little bit. It's just the lines get kind of blurred. And because then you add in the global marketplace. And when you start, you know, it's hard to keep track of when peaches are ready in Arizona and California and South Carolina and Ohio overlap that when the seasons are available from Argentina and, you know, Ecuador and South America and every every place that they're coming. So then so, the question becomes, do you want something organic from Ecuador or do you want something local? You know, it, it always is, it's always a, what do you choose and how do you choose? I choose chef's gardens when I choose. No, now, I Lee, now, Lee, what yeah. season are your coconuts in? When are your coconuts available? Uh, you? Yeah, those start in March. Yes. Uh, yeah. And do the monkeys, do you have the monkeys collecting them? I just read this article. The monkey, they have monkey slaves. Wow. And the monkeys climb the trees, the little, and they pick the coconuts. I don't even know if it was a true story. Have you heard of that before? I haven't. No. Jennifer, no. So maybe, maybe just a, a, an urban lore. Lee, Michael has a three-year-old son, and I'm going to guess that this was in a, a nighttime book that he was reading to his beautiful boy uh, before he went to bed last night. Hey, Lee, let me ask you this. Are you, are you doing any hydroponics at Chef's Garden? No. It's a great question, and I think that there's some – we've got a guy within three miles of us, Moochie Farms, and they're, they're really big in uh, Canada, and they just put in a $140 million facility three miles from us. Wow. Um, and they put the greenhouse right on top of some of the best sand in North America, but it's wow. all hydroponic. And uh, I personally am not a fan of hydroponic. I think you can produce a lot of fruit and who's to argue with, with what they're doing. They've been very, very successful. They've grown their business and it's tremendous, but I would a tomato that they grow and a tomato we grow in the soil and grown in a more natural way. 
I would pick it blindfolded, handcuffed, you name it. I would pick that to our tomato grown in the soil over a hydroponic. I think that it's a more natural way to grow. Can you produce food cheap and produce it with the right grow lights and all of the right atmosphere? Yes, you can. Flavor. That's the over the last 35 years working with chefs, they said there are three things that are the most important to us. Flavor is first, flavor is second, and flavor is third. And that's what we've tried to do. And not to try and outsmart Mother Nature, but to try and work in harmony with her. And that's, are there better ways to do it? And for different things, for high production, there probably are. But for our market, for our audience, for what we're hearing from people, from chefs and now from end users is flavor grown naturally. And that's, we're old school and we're just, that's the way we're going to do it. I'm old enough, I don't need to change. I have to say, we use John Boyajian's beautiful olive oil and vinegar today to dress this salad, and, and John's going to come on again with us. I, I can't say enough good things about how beautifully this light vinaigrette, I just had a tiny taste of it. I used the maple vinegar, Lee, and it was fantastic. Oh, my God. That product goes together with our greens like a sock and a shoe. Right. And, and they do product the right way, too. They do some old school, traditional ways of producing product. Um, yeah. No, it's 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 ridiculously irresistible that I have the that I have the fortitude and self discipline to not be diving into this right now is just a testament to how much I'm afraid of Michael. Um, <laughs> but Lee, one of the other things dive, I dive, dive. We want to watch you eat. That could be the show. Oh, I know. Hey, listen. One of the other things I wanted to mention is I don't talk about this a lot, but uh, <laughs> you guys know me, and, and you're part of my my family. Uh, I have MS. And I'm doing particularly well today, um, even though it's really hot and I'm having a flare-up of my MS because overall I eat a lot healthier than I used to because there have been so many more studies in the last 10 years that show for every kind of autoimmune disease that reducing inflammation is one of the most important things that you can do. And there's a doctor by the name of Terry Walls who we're going to have on the show and the WALS protocol is a eating program that I've been talking to all my friends about because it's really helped a lot of people reduce the inflammation that, that causes whatever their autoimmune disease, whether it's rheumatoid arthritis or MS or, or psoriatic or any of these kinds of things uh, can be mitigated through your choice of diet and exercise and healthy lifestyle. It never goes away. These are chronic illnesses. You know, we'll, we'll probably have these for a long time. But but there are things you can do to help yourself. Lee, how often are you finding people coming to you saying, you know, this is what I have. This is my health situation. What can you send me that's going to make me feel better? Well, more often, continue, it seems to be happening more often. But we're not doctors. Um, we feel like everything really happens with um, the health of the soil, getting the balance right in the soil. Healthy, healthy soil, healthy vegetables, healthy people is really the premise of where we're at. Um, I'm really interested to learn more about Dr. Terry Walls. Now, is that W-A-H-L-S? Yes. Yeah. And the Walls Protocol is, is one of the best-selling um, eating book uh, that you can find anywhere because it is, it is deeply and well-researched but it is, it is not like any other approach. And it involves a lot of fresh greens every day. And one of the coolest things about Dr. Walsh, because she, she, she got herself out of 
a tilt wheelchair. And she, wow. she walks around and travels all over the country when you can travel. And one of the cool things that she does, Michael, is she travels with purple cabbage as her uh, airline snack. So she'll be sitting in an airport and she'll do a Facebook video and she'll she'll pull out some vegetables just like this and eat her purple cabbage. And you can hear the crunch and you can see in her in her face and her eyes how delicious because it is delicious. What's Let's that? take that to the next level. Now, when she eats the purple cabbage, would you want to be in the seat next to her on the airplane? Because <laughs> I don't know about you two. Sometimes cabbage makes me a little gassy, Lee, a little gassy. <laughs> so I don't want to know what Dr. Wells smells like. Thank you so much for that lovely vision. Listen, I, I hope that, that she's so accustomed to answering questions like this that that won't scare her off the show because we're trying very hard to get her on the show with us. But Lee, we don't need to try. How hard would you need to try? How long are we going to go with the show today? We got poor Lee's starving. You're eating in front of the guy. I hear his tummy brumbling, and now you're talking about some lady farting out purple cabbage on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, just remember, Mercury's in retrograde, everybody. Stay cool. Have fun. Lee, thank you so much. Yep. Thank you. Have a, have a great weekend. Eat love your veggies. You. We love you, Lee. We're going to see you soon. Okay. Love you, too. Hi, right, buddy. I love him. Right? I don't know why you don't like him. I like him a lot. <laughs> Why is that? But he's so fun. I love him. I mean, who else can we talk about cabbage and farting with? I mean, really? John Bozhajian? Never. No, you know what's funny? When Dr. Walls comes on, she'll be happy to do that with you. I don't want to talk to Dr. Walls. I I, I, just, I don't like doctors. They scare me. Yeah. They find problems. They tell, You know what they always tell me? Lose weight. It's the same damn doctor. Every, every single doctor. So who wants to go to someone? If I found a doctor when I walked in, they're like, oh, my God, you look great. You're perfect weight. Everything is you're just great. I'd, be, I'd go back every week. But, but don't you have physicians in your family? Yes, I do. And my sister. Exactly. Keep me away from the doctors. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so what are you going to eat this weekend? I'm going to eat uh, hot dogs. No, I don't know. I'm trying to watch my carbs. You know what I'm saying? So I'll probably have. Uh, what, oh, I just got some delicious ground beef and some some chicken fresh, and we'll see. We'll see what I have to make. I might, I might, I might actually make maybe a uh, curry chicken, which I use this little Thai curry sauce, and I use the uh, coconut milk. You know, the coconut milk oh, yeah. cream, and I just mix the curry paste and the coconut cream, vegetables, chicken, and it's delicious. Well, I saw Jet Tila doing that. What is that in your hand? I'm going to toast to Lee Jones, to Mother Earth, and to you, my dear friend, with uh, with my Celsius. Because I have to tell you, I really do. I found one that's just, this is the one for me. The mango? Guava. Oh, my God, it's delicious. Is and it? it gives I, me good energy. It's not making me feel jumping. Can you pick it up at the 7-Eleven? You know what? I don't know, but we're going to have them on the show. We'll ask them where it's coming from. But I, okay. I it's one of those things that I, I just need to know a little bit more. I've been noticing. I've been noticing a lot of my celebrity friends drinking Celsius on their Instagrams, and then the lady oh, told me. And the lady told me when I was emailing that they weren't getting paid. And I'm, and the guys I know that are doing it would they wouldn't go to the restroom without getting paid. So yeah, I wanna, I'm, I, I, no, I'm no, no. Paid. But I want to find out the truth, so I can't wait to have them on. And then I could say, "Your yeah, publicist is a liar." <laughs> Let's get crazy. All right, my love. Kiss your babies. 
Hug your kids, count your blessings, eat your veggies, and uh, stay cool this weekend and safe. Please wash your hands. And don't eat cabbage before aborting an airplane. Thank you.